waiting on line is Kitty Allen, uh, who's the Minister of Conservation and Emergency Management. She joins us for Six and a Song. Hi, good morning, uh, afternoon. How are, we, how are you, Minister? Good nice order. to talk with you. Hi, good morning, uh, afternoon. How are, we, how are you, Minister? Good nice order. to talk with you. Yeah, no, great to talk to you too. No, it's good. Uh, we're on the last sitting day of the first sitting week of the year, so always, uh, always a good day is a Thursday afternoon. Absolutely. I was just reading a little bit about you prior to the interview, so I was having a look at you last night. You got into politics um, while studying law and politics at Victoria Uni, and you worked uh, with an internship under the then Prime Minister Helen Clark, which is quite interesting. Why did you want to get into politics, Katie? Well, oddly, I didn't actually. So I was. Um, what I wanted to do was understand, you know, who made the rules, how were the rules made, and and why the rules were made, the ways in which they work, because I came from a large family, you see. Mm. So uh, somebody said to me, "Well, you know, you should probably study law, and you should probably study politics, and that'll give you a bit of an idea about, you know, who who the power brokers are in the country." And I'm like, okay, so that sounds like a good idea. I popped along and you know, uh, enrolled at Victoria University. They said it was a good university to go to if you wanted to study those types of things. And we had this woman, um, Margaret Clark was her name, Professor Margaret Clark, who was uh, used to take all the first-year political science students, and she said, if you want to understand the way in which po- uh, politics works really, you have to join a political party. It doesn't matter who or what or how, uh, but <laughs> go in and, 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 and understand it. And so that kind of commenced my journey, if you will, into the world of politics, which landed me in uh, yeah, as a very... Um, yeah, as, as a grubber, uh, looking stamps a, and all that sort of stuff uh, for the Prime Minister. looking yeah. stamps. Tēnā koe e te minita. Your name, is it Kiri Tapu or just Kiri? What, what do you prefer? Oh, I'm pretty, I'm agnostic about it all. I'm named after my grandmother, Kiri Tapu, um, but her name was changed to Kitty when she went through the native schooling system uh, when she was about five years old. So I've kept both. Um, I'm Kitty Tuppy to my friends and family and Kitty kind of more in the public eye. So there you go. Right. Mm. You know, politics obviously is very robust. It seems to be, I don't know why, more so than ever. I'm not sure if it's an American influence or what it is, but there is a lot of anger there. Is there anyone from across the aisle that you get on really well with? Tell you a secret about New Zealand politics, in my view, in my experience, and I'm in my fifth year now, is that we tend to get on a lot better uh, than most people think. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of people across the aisle I get along with. But my, my good mate, um, Ian McKelvey, uh, him oh, and yeah. I sat on the, um, yeah, we sat on <laughs> Private Production Select Committee uh, in my first term. Uh, we also played for the parliamentary cricket team and uh, he's a good man um, from the TK electorate, uh, which yeah. is uh, where my father's from on that side. Right. So, no, but there's tons. We all get along pretty, well, not all of us, but 98% of people, I reckon, that get into this form of politics, or maybe 95. <laughs> but by and large, people do it because they have a genuine belief system and the way they choose to express that, you know, uh, sure, we have slightly different ways of getting to an end game, but, um, you know, you tend to have have more commonalities than, than one might think uh, if you're sitting outside of this place. <laughs> right. Talking to Minister Allen, uh, Norhekwe, where are you from? Well, I uh, started my little uh, life journey in a place called um, Pinegaroa, which is a small town, mm. uh, uh, oh gosh, um, just outside of the Pinegaroa forest, um, about half an hour from Mount Maunganui, <laughs> and on your way, it's on the 
it's on the western border of the east coast. Uh, so, uh, in my family origins, um, we're from Tauranga Moana on my mum's side, uh, Tu on my father's side, which is in the central North Island region. Uh, he's um, also we're also from Ratana Pa, which is down in Wanganui, and Ian McKelvey's electorate. Uh, and then I was brought up between Paingaroa and Tikaraka, and uh, and in the east coast. Nice. nice. So call me a mongrel. <laughs> <laughs> we would never call you mongrel. There must be some immense frustrations, though, with being a politician, because I think David Longy said, you know, everybody gets into Parliament wanting to do the very best, but over time, you you know, you, you soften, you, you have to have the, the square edges, edges a bit rounded, and you don't often get what you want. Is that how you see it? Absolutely, and I think there's, um, I don't know, I've taken the time to read Obama's uh, book, Barack Obama's book, his yep. post facto after he finished his presidency, or uh, Margaret Wilson's book, who gives her reflections on her time in Parliament, and actually Michael Cullen did the same, I'm sure most people do. But I, I think um, Margaret summarised it well in a line in which she said, you know, you come to this form of politics and it is a life of compromise, so you have to be satisfied sitting within the system to uh, to make balances and trade-offs. That's not for everybody. I think that uh, Barack, in his book, he kind of illustrated really uh, quite, I, I thought, quite in an interesting way. He went in full of, full of beans and optimism and came out the other side relatively like blunt about what mm. you can and cannot do in this institution. I think you've got to be fairly frank about the fact that you're going to be able to make some change but I think that we that, that I think you've got to be pretty realistic too about the limitations. Sustainable change is intergenerational and it takes a long time. Uh, this place here is filled with a whole range of checks and balances, which means that things go slow and ultimately democracy that uh, relies on numbers and the and taking the public with you. So I think that there are so many checks and balances here and you you think, oh yeah, you can get on and crack on. Well, it's a little bit slower than that, and you've got to be okay accepting the limitations. But what then is the best part about being a minister? Well, it is the, the quid pro quo of that is that you can, you have enormous discretion and ability to make change. It's just mm. that you have to take people with you. So I think the thing that excites me every single day about chucking my boots on is that you can go into, you know, I come from a rural electorate in the East Coast, and Folks like us don't every single day get to have voices around the table. So you bring your perspective to the table and you have the most um, incredible opportunity to to share that view, share those insights and take people along with you. And by and large, you know, the pretty pragmatic uh, 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 interventions that you're looking for in order that people from places like yours might be able to do a little bit better. So I think that's the most exciting thing, is that you've got this incredible opportunity platform to engage with decision makers across the board, but it's on me every single day to make a case to New Zealanders that the things that we want to do are in our collective best interest. And so that's the thing that excites me as well. Well, you talk about that, of course. Uh, so you, we couldn't not mention then COVID nineteen and you know certain people's reactions to it. Not the least, what's happening outside Parliament, even as we speak, Kitty. What's your view on those protesters? Yeah, look, I'm a big one for um, everybody has the right for to express their views, uh, and you know, the, like I said, this is a democracy, and 
protest and being able to give give a voice to those things is such a critical part of democracy. I think where the intersect comes, and there's always a quid pro quo and a, a balance of those rights is in terms of the limitation on the rights of others. So, um, and that's what we're seeing here today in particular is a bit of a the crunch point where the rights of those protesters have run into the rights of those that want to run their businesses and whatnot. And so I think, and that's the kind of trade-off in uh, the, the the questions that we always, that every single day we're around that cabinet table, making these extraordinary determinations that, that will have such a big impact on people's lives, whether it's wearing masks, whether it's going to lockdowns, whether it's transitioning to a COVID protection framework, whatever it is, that these are such large incursions on an individual's right to the collective rights, etc. We have to be confident as a cabinet that we're making those trade-offs um, in the appropriate and balanced way. So, for example, with the New Zealanders coming, uh, the one million New Zealanders that haven't been able to come into New Zealand, every single person has the right to uh, come to back to their home base, their home country, but for any justifiable limitation. So the justifiable limitation... At the outset, of course, uh, it's the health and well-being of the five million that are here. But that trade-off and that balance it changes over time, and that's what we, you know, which is what leads to the decisions that we're making now to open up borders, etc. And that's, I think, the thing that probably uh, not not everybody may be aware of is that every single day we're having to reassess the facts from the start. All right, does the decision that we're making today, is it in the best interest of X, Y, Z? And can we continue to justify it or do we have to amend it? And that's it. Those decisions are fueled by uh, a wealth of incredible you know, um, whether it's uh, a public health experts or or lawyers or whatever the case may be, business owners, etc., uh, and that's the that's the position that we're in and have been. So it's a, it's been a very interesting, challenging um, time, but it's yeah. indeed the time that everybody is encountering across the globe right now. Really interesting. Get yeah. your thoughts. We're going nice. to give you some rapid fire questions, but one quick thing, just that we couldn't miss asking this as well. Obviously, you've been through a torrid time with your cancer. Was there a part of you that thought, you know what, it's just life's too precious. Every moment is precious. I don't need the grief of being a minister. I'm going to give it away. Uh, I'm a pragmatist, so I said, right, this is the challenge that I've got today. Uh, we're going to go in and scrap and scrap hard, and we'll assess it when we come out the side, the other side. But Holding on and clinging on to work and ministerial stuff, that wasn't at the forefront of my mind. It was just fight yeah. for life, uh, get yeah. through that, and then we'll make decisions, um, whatever they may be. And nothing was off the table in terms of um, of what direction life might head post facto. Yeah. Okay, Fully look, uh, Minister Allen, we're, we're getting tight for time now, so we'll get into our quick-fire questions. I'll start with, what advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Oh, I think it'd be don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Just just to you and be exceptional at doing you, uh, and that that will kind of serve you well uh, uh, in the long run. I think that's nice. nice. Who's the most inspiring person you've ever met? <laughs> um, well, you know, cheesy because she's an East Coast girl, but um, Dame Lisa Carrington is an incredible woman. Uh, with the most incredible work ethic. Uh, she's a grounded, humble uh, person who I've had the pleasure to know. And, yeah, she's a real inspiration, uh, I think, to all New Zealanders, all young women in particular. 
Nice. Okay, the last question is, and I'm asking for a friend named Hosk. What are you doing on a Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock? <laughs> what ne- uh, very busy doing ministerial stuff. <laughs> he, he's referring to Stuart Nash stepping down from the role. Hey, super quick last one. If you could invite any three people to dinner, Kitty, who would they be? Oh, tough question. Um, well, a chap called Rob Ruha, who's one of my favourite musicians of all time from the mighty East Coast. Another guy called Sir Derek Lardelli. He's an exceptional artist, and I love his yes. work. Yes. Uh, and I have to go with Dame Lisa. Now, they've all got one thing in common. They're all from the mighty, mighty East Coast. Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, that is stop so it. well said. Hey, before you go, what's your song choice, please? All right, so it was one of the names I just said who I'd like to invite for dinner. His name's Rob Ruha, and he pulled together a group of young um, young kids. They're called Kahal, and uh, they did the song State Highway 35, which is the road that I live on, runs right through my electorate. Oh, and it's something it. that we're all pretty passionate about, eh? You couldn't get a better pitch for the East Coast, did you? <laughs> we have loved chatting with yeah. you, Minister. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Have a great day. Uh, great into your week, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Kitty Allen. Oh, I love this. Great song.